Glory, glory, Sacramento. Hello, and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan. Today is a very special day uh, for the supporters of SRFC. (laughs) Our president and COO, Ben Gumpert, is celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday, Ben. (laughs) Happy birthday, Benny boy. Yes. Tonight, I'm joined in the studio by a guy who likes to party. Scott, how are you tonight? I'm good. Uh, how, are, how are you guys? I'm good. I am good. And I... No, you don't! <laughs> also joining me in the studio tonight is a man who also likes to party. That's what I was going to say. Oh, good. You know me so well, Nolan. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like I wasted so much time this weekend knowing it was a three-day weekend, and I didn't even do anything. <laughs> like, I, 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 it, like I, I look back on the past two days, and I'm like... So you don't like to party? No, I thought I did, but I look back <laughs> on these last two days, and I'm like... I didn't do nothing. Uh, I, I literally... The reason I'm using the party reference is because I watched uh, that movie. And we also Hot watched on? some boxing. Oh, yeah, we watched boxing. We did party, <laughs> Nolan. That's why I feel we stupid. partied hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we watched some YouTubers box each other. We went to, uh, so me and Nolan are, are uh, uh, leaders at a youth group at our yes, church. Yes. And uh, one of our students, um, well, he's a big fan of this YouTube guy. Don't so pretend we, like you did so it because some high schooler thought, we thought it was cool. <laughs> oh, oh, I was going to get into that, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we went to his house and he had this little watch party. Yeah. Now, I like boxing. So there's a, there's a bunch of undercards that were like good boxers on us. Yeah. But we go and we watch some YouTubers box each other. It was actually pretty entertaining. Good. They actually were not as bad as I thought they would be. So no. It, it, it was entertaining it to was, say the least. Yeah. So yes, we do party. I did homework. <laughs> I also partied. Also partied. <laughs> Good. It was a study party. Well, I'm glad we took advantage of this long weekend <laughs> to do so much. Yeah. So much productive work. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of production, mm. you know who wasn't productive for about 60 minutes of the MLS Cup final was the Seattle oh. Sounders. Oh, really? Until they scored in about the 61st minute, went on to win 3 0. Congratulations, Seattle. 3 to 1. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Josie Altidore put one in in the 90th. So yeah. remember when Atlanta was killing the pa- the Falcons were killing the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. then yeah. the Patriots came back and beat them. Yeah, bro, Atlanta doesn't know how to close out games. Sports teams play. in Atlanta. What are you talking about, Atlanta? <gasps> this is Toronto. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Bro. They lost in the the Eastern Conference Finals. I feel so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where are you going with this, dude? I feel so dumb. <laughs> you need to lay off the party. And... Yeah. You're, you're frying your brain cells, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, even just watching boxing, you lose brain cells. Yeah, apparently. I feel like that is true. <laughs> so anyway, just to, just to well, recap this just game. never mind. I said nothing. <laughs> Forget it. We're moving on. Just to recap this game real fast. First of all, I hear that there was about 25,000 people on the march to the stadium. Whoa. So that, that's a lot. Um, and this game was sold out super fast. Tickets were incredibly expensive, as we talked about last week. Russell Wilson was there. Well, he's a minority owner. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And that's his wife, cool. Sierra. Sierra. Um, the singer? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Toronto actually had good chances in the first half. Well, they should have had good chances in the first half, but because of injuries and I think just because of the way that they were set up, um, it, it they weren't able to really do anything dangerous with the ball. So they squandered those in the first half. Seattle comes out in the second half and is able to get some counterattacking goals. They go up 3-0. Josie Altidore comes on after the first goal and changed things a little bit, but it was too late at that point. Sold out stadium. It was it was crazy. Um, just hearing, you know, how loud it was was intense. So, congratulations, Seattle, and uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be coming for you in a couple of years. We will. Another very exciting final is coming up this weekend on Saturday at seven thirty Eastern time, which is four thirty or five thirty our time. Four thirty. Four thirty. Yeah. Seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four thirty East Western time. Yeah. 4.30 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Western time. Uh, Louisville City FC will be taking on the Real Monarchs in Louisville. Um, and so give that a watch because I think we will be watching that. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And it'd be great to see Real Monarchs win knowing that we lost to the to the ultimate champion. 
the champs. Well, I mean, in the regular season. Oh my gosh. Bro, <laughs> Bro we need to stop partying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bro, all right, all right. I, I, I dare you as 916 Republic <laughs> fans to go back, listen to our past podcasts. We are on our stuff, okay? Yeah. We know our stuff. We don't get things wrong. Usually, I'm the one that mixes up the teams. If anything, yeah. it's Scott, okay? <laughs> this is just a great example oh, wait, wait, wait. of... Don't party, kids. Yeah, mental lapses. We mental talked a lot la- about that. <laughs> mental <laughs> toughness. <laughs> this is your brain on drugs. Yeah. Oh. Uh, wait, wait. Didn't, didn't we talk about making lean like the other week? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> this is just going downhill. Look, look. It's Stay off out season of for us too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's off season for us. Oh man, we were, who's no, the, who's the we goalie? got beat by El Paso. All right. Yeah, and the reason I thought it was the Monarchs was because the last regular season game was against was the Monarchs. Against the yeah. Monarchs. So that's why it felt like a playoff game because it kind of was. It it did feel yeah. like a playoff game, but they didn't know the playoffs <laughs> at all. Well, uh, Nolan, hey, some more news for you guys. Uh, if you remember a man by the name of Joshua Cohen. Oh. Um, he went out to Makayaba Hayafa, something like that. Makiabi Hafia. I was not Hafia, even close. Something like that. He, uh, a, a big club out in Israel, mm-hmm. Israel, mm-hmm. Israel. Um, he got the start, got the start for that club, uh, this week. I think it was a, like another weird cup competition because it was like okay. yesterday or today or something like that. Uh-huh. Well, no, yesterday would be Sunday. That'd be a league so game. So may, maybe it was a league game. I don't know. Mm. I, I couldn't I don't read yeah. Israeli. You know. It's kind of tough to find yeah, Israeli top flight Hebrew. tweets. <laughs> Sorry. Which I can read. Oh, so yeah, send can. those tweets to me. Yeah. Um but I think it's really cool. I think it's really good for um PR for the Sac Republic as yeah. well. Yeah. Um so so good for him. Yeah. yeah. And it looks like it was a league game, the Israeli Premier League Haifa played today. They played so, today? Yeah. Did they win? Yeah, two to one. Oh wait, that's the fourth. Yesterday, yeah, yeah, they played yesterday and they won three to one. Um, and Josh Cohen. Does it have the the lineup and everything? Yeah, he started. He started that game. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, does did. it have a, doesn't have a match rating or anything? Does it? Nice. No, it, this is just Google. It's not on FOMO. No, poopy poop. Yeah. Anyway, he started the game and he only let, let one goal in, so he didn't get subbed. That's oh, cool. Okay. Uh, also in the news, a former Sacramento. Sacramentan Roberto Hadigan mm-hmm. has been playing quite well for the U19s of FC Nuremberg in Germany. He has 10 appearances and five goals for the team so far, which I don't know tons about the German youth structure right now, but they can't have played more than like 12 or 14 games. I, yeah, from so it was just a tweet that I saw like really quickly and I was yeah. like, oh, that's interesting. I need to put this in the news. And I forgot to do it last week, so I'm putting it in here. I, I, I From what I remember, I think it was like they... They'd played like eleven or twelve games or something like that, and mm-hmm. he's had appearances in ten of them and has five goals. Yeah. So Hardigan is how you pronounce yeah. it. Roberto Hardigan. Um, so, which which quick side note: Did you guys see? Have you? Do you guys follow the Austrian Bundesliga? Uh, not at all, Scott. No. No. I didn't know <laughs> no. That. So you know the American coach Jesse March is the coach of yeah, South, Red Bull. Red Bull South yeah, Bull. I did know that. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that young forward, do you remember when we were watching yeah, the the yeah. he's oh, like 18, he's like Erling blonde striker. Yeah. yeah. He already has an Yeah. He has five hat tricks this season. He has twenty six goals. They're, they're only at like fifteen games. Yeah, something something like that. Oh the guy it's ridiculous. He has like seven Champions League goals right now, right? Um, he does. He, I, I know that. Well, I think they destroyed Ghent, so I think probably he does, yeah. yeah. He scored three or four there, and then he it was like scored. six to one against Liverpool. Like six to three. I'm pretty he sure he had one against, against Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. He scored against. He came on. I wouldn't be surprised. That's it was crazy. Napoli. Yeah. That anyway. Yeah. That's because step up your game, Roberto again. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so speaking of stepping up game, you know, yeah. switching maybe not stepping up game, but stepping hopefully to the side. Yeah. The U.S. women's national team had a couple of games recently. They played Sweden 3-2, to two, a victory for the women. And then they played Cuba. No, Costa Rica. Oh, my God gosh. damn, dude. <laughs> We've all screwed this up. <laughs> Cuba. You it's because what? the men play you Cuba in, men a, in like a week. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Okay. Just, just go watch the next podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just click off now. Don't say that. I'm, I'm anyway, <laughs> the women played 
Costa Rica. Yes, there we go. Six to zero. Um, under the new coach, Vladko. Uh-huh. I can't remember his last name because it's really long. Good old Vlad. Yeah, I thought you said good old lad, and I was like, what? Do we have we talked? <laughs> He's a good lad. Vlad. Yeah. <laughs> so just the only thing that I really wanted wanted to mention about these um, were like so. Sweden, yes, is a good team, but it was a B squad because, you know, it's the start of the cycle and everything. You're preparing for the Olympics, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Costa Rica, not that good. So don't get, like, too crazy about these results. But it is two victories, his first two games. Good start. Jill Ellis plays – no, the the previous coach. I'm saying, Jill, like, my oh, man Vlad. Oh, a good off start. to the right foot. He's off okay. on the right foot. I thought you meant Jill Ellis. Wicked right foot. She's <laughs> yeah. got, okay. She got a wicked yeah. right foot. So, anyway, the previous women's national team coach obviously won two, uh, you know, cups. World Cups, you know, back-to-back. That's why I said step, oh, lateral step. You can't you can't get better than two. I mean, I guess three World Cups. Anyway, yeah. she played a pretty attacking 4-3-3. Vlad plays a bit more of a 4-1-4-1. Mm-hmm. So, it kind of gives a little bit more... Uh, help to the the midfield that's kind of like the reports that i saw was like oh this is very similar just a slight tweak in in the system which everyone is kind of saying like this is good because that it's it's similar the system is similar that's a good thing and also like everything that i've heard about this guy is great like Mm -hmm. people love him like as a as a person they're like yes he's a great coach Mm -hmm. but let me tell you about this one time that he encouraged this one player to do this this thing and like added that to their game or like hmm. something happened and he tweaked the game this way. And it was, you know, really good for this player's confidence or something like that. Like he's very, he, he's a, a very good player motivator, which so, I think is a very underrated, but very important part of coaching. Yeah. Hmm. And like, I mean, think about the U S women's national team. You have mega stars, not just in and a lot of pressure. Yeah. Not just in like the U S but like just women's soccer. These are, some of the best players in the world, you have to have somebody that's good at man managing. So it's great to see him doing that. Okay. Now the men, different story. Yeah. Um, we all remember the two zero loss to Canada at Canada. Well, they come home now. Um, I don't have the dates for these matches. I forgot to look up the dates for the master, but the roster is out for the nation's league matches home to Canada. And I believe away to Cuba. Cuba. Oh, they're going to do right. that again. Cuba. Okay. Have, uh, that field when they played at Cuba like a, a year, a couple years ago. I think you're thinking of Trinidad. Yeah. No, they they went to Cuba. They flew they to Cuba. I can't I remember. I want to say like two years ago, and the field was bad. It was a bad pitch. Hmm. Um, okay. Hopefully they've made improvements. Yeah. Yeah. They play Canada on the 15th at 4 p.m. I believe that's Eastern time, and then they play Cuba the 19th at 4:30 p.m., which is also Eastern time. Yeah. So okay. So these are some big games for the for the Nations League. So, hopefully the the guys will do better. You can take a look at the roster. There's a couple of surprises, but not not really a lot. Um, don't expect Josie Altador to be on the roster. So expect probably Josh Josh, Josh Sargent and yeah. maybe Jazzy's artist to play forward. Oh, anyway, I have news about pertaining to the men's national team. Yes, Nolan. Uh, Weston McKinney played at center back this weekend. Yeah. for Schalke. He did and was not very good, but still he's he's played. He's he's game. he's a backup center yeah. back. Yeah, he that's the only Swiss reason he's playing. Army knife. Oh yeah, he's not a. Uh, I mean, we could talk about Christian Pulisic for a second. Oh yeah. Oh, let's. So okay, obviously everybody knows Christian Pulisic made this big money move to Chelsea uh, in the off season, and well, actually in the winter, and then was loaned back to Dortmund. So uh-huh. now he's made the move official, and struggled to begin the season, was at one point dropped from the eighteen. And there was, you know, big concern. And Frank Lampard came out and said, "I'm not concerned about his development. He's a young. He's still like 21 or 20, yeah. something like that. He's, he's like, he's, 20. he's 20. He's a young player. He, it takes time to develop." And Frank Lampard basically like wrote off all these concerns from all these English pundits. Uh, has come out and had a pretty good few weeks. Oh yeah, had a hat trick against Bournemouth. No, who did they play? Had a hat trick in a game. Mm-hmm. And then had a goal in the next league game, and I think had the Southampton, yeah, something like that. And then and I think had an assist in the Champions League. Is that right? He's had he's it sounds right to me. And he's been getting assists like he's been coming off the bench. He's been doing well this season, doing well, getting assists. He's in good form. So was able to get that hat trick, and that was huge. And it was able to score against 
again this past week mm-hmm. um, and looked really deadly as well. Burnley. Bur- Burnley. Burnley. Okay, Burnley. That's a tough team Burnley. to score against. No, yeah. yeah. Maybe not anymore. Yeah. I feel like they they're might... ninth on the table. Really? Yeah. They're doing well and they, they just and have they've relied on their defense. So I, I think it's just because the two years ago they were such a good defense yeah. that I'm like, oh, yeah, now they're just like average. Like, yeah. oh, not that big of a deal. But, you know, no, they're still not keeping ninth. it up. They're higher than United, right? Yeah. 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 No, United are sixth. United moved back up to six. No, they're last in my heart <laughs> for now. Well, to kind of round out this news segment, bring this back to SRFC, Derek Formella um, tweeted, I believe yesterday, mm-hmm. that he will kind of read behind, read between the lines a little bit, but it, it seems that he will be back in 2020. He said something along the lines of, you know, Look forward to next year. Or look forward to being coming back in 2020. Yeah, so I'll just read it. The tweet says, Big thanks to all of you for your support in 2019 at SAC Battalion. See you in 2020 at Sacramento Republic FC with a little bear emoji. <laughs> How cute. A little yeah. bear? Um, oh. Yeah. Boys, so, are, are we are we excited for, about that? Is that good news to our ears? Uh, I think yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, like I say it. yes. So just I, I made a, a list, and we'll, we'll be talking about this um, in the the future episodes of players that have options. He is he has an option for twenty twenty. So this this could be that they've already met with him and they've already said, hey, we're going to pick up your option, and you know all the details of his contract are already worked out. So this this could just simply mean that his option got picked up and the team just hasn't announced it yet. They'll probably come out and announce altogether when they've you know, picked all the players that they want to pick Re-up. up the options for next year. Um, they'll do that in a little bit to kind of spread out the, the media coverage of the team. So it could just mean that his offense got picked up and yeah, we're happy about that. I'm happy about it. Yes. And uh, before we move into the next segment of our show, <laughs> I just feel like that new segment was good, but riddled with tons of oh, tiny, God. tiny yeah. errors. I just want to correct Manchester United are seventh in the Premier League right now. <laughs> Nobody cares about them anymore. Nobody. Cares. I know, Nobody but, cares. but I just I couldn't I couldn't. They might as well be relegated. If I were listening to myself, if where's Arsenal? They're six. Arsenal. So Arsenal. Where's six. Tottenham? Tottenham. Okay. Oh, they're like yeah, they're down there. No. They're like mid table. Fourteenth. Yeah, bro. Tottenham are fourteenth. Yeah, it's yeah. bad. Everton it's are bad. 15th. It's a fun. It's time. hard moving into a new stadium because that happened to West Ham too. Yeah. yeah. Guess who's fifth? Um. Don't. Uh. Give me a second. Fifth, I think it, it's you'll never guess. No, I because I <clears throat> okay, I mean, maybe yeah, I don't know. Sheffield, Go for it. Sheffield United, Sheffield is fifth. a newly promoted team that nobody thought could do it, huh? Yeah, interesting. Anyway, that's just funny. And then the, the, se- the second factual correction that I'd like to make <sighs> is that <God>. the, t- <laughs> the oh times of the U.S. men's t- games. The four o'clock on the fifteenth and the four thirty on the nineteenth are Pacific time, not Eastern time. <laughs> oh, okay, and they literally said it on the bottom of the page. All times are Pacific time. And so we like, sat here and tried. This to... must be Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> we sat here and tried to critically think what the difference was, yeah. and it said it right there. Yeah. So all right, uh, we just need to that, well, let's moving moving on moving, on, moving so into the review. The next, next segment of our uh, qu- of our show. We will not be dealing with facts, so we can't be wrong. So that's nice. <laughs> this is all subjective. Yeah, um, and really, True. we're just going to discuss a question um, about the Sacramento Republic's 2019 season and critically evaluate it, share our thoughts, um, flesh out where we disagree, and go for it. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and and pose, situate the discussion, and then we will get into it. So. My question is that which I put into the group text uh, earlier this week is: Did this season match Sacramento's ambition as a USL Championship club? Yes or no? And then, like, obviously, why? explain why. Um, and I think Scott has some. Yeah. So, like, to say. the first thing that we started talking about for this question was: Well, what what are the ambitions? What what are we even defining as an ambition for the club? Like, obviously, an ambition for the club is not to win the world cup because that's not the competition they play in. So there are kind of seven things that we said are, are possible ambitions for the club. The first being playoffs, make the playoffs. Second host a playoff game. That means a top four finish third, be dominant in the league fourth finish 
first in the West, mm-hmm. fifth, win the USL championship playoffs, sixth, go far in the Open Cup, and seven, build a squad for Major League Soccer slash develop young talent. So these are the, the seven criteria that you can that we are going to say we can pick and choose from. If yeah. we're missing something, let us know. Um, I don't think we are, but no. we could be. Maybe there's something you know that we're that we're missing so yeah hit us up um now now going off this going off this criteria i think first and foremost playoffs that's a given mm-hmm. all right i agree there i are, think we all agree that i think we all agree here we've there's, never missed the playoffs there's we've never missed the playoffs there are 10 now 10 playoff spots um i think everybody in the conference their goal should at least be make the playoffs with the exception of maybe Tacoma. They're just trying not to get relegated. Even though the USL championship, (laughs) you can't get relegated. But if you could, if there was one team that could, it would be Tacoma. So playoffs given. I think with the MLS announcement this year, I think priority for the club and even me as a fan after the announcement came, after the announcement became fact, I think your priority has to be build a squad for MLS and develop young talent. Now, you can do that. I think the the end goal should be we're going to try and do that and also not have it affect our dominance in the league. So number one, build a squad for MLS, develop young talent. Number two, host a playoff game. I think these are the two things that – are probably the benchmark most most important things um, when looking at did Sacramento reach their ambitions? Did they build a squad for MLS? Did they start developing young talent? Is that something that they've done? And were they able to host a playoff game this season? Obviously, they weren't able to host a playoff game. So I would say out of those two things, which I think are the most important two things when it pertains to this question, I would say Sacramento did not live up to ambitions. Hmm. Well, that's true. <laughs> I, I, so I, I, I think that we need to clarify the second point about hosting a playoff game. In parentheses on our show notes, we have it, uh, a.k.a. top four finish. I think that that is truly the ambition of the club. But the fact is we did host a play-in game. It was... It was a game where the result on the night mattered. So if we beat New Mexico, we continued on in the USL championship playoffs. Right. Um, and from a the club's perspective, that entailed all the benefits of hosting a home playoff game other than... Okay, so it, it provided the benefit of hosting a game where you get to make money off of ticket sales that night. Um, but one problem with being seventh is that you have no, almost no chance of ever coming back home to play another playoff game. Cause you're always going to be playing someone higher. So, yeah. um, and also the, the play in round is on a weeknight. So like really only half the stadium is going to be full. You're not going to make as much money as you would on a, you know, Saturday night at seven thirty, um, where you, at, which is the time you'd be playing in had you made it in the top four. Um, so just to clarify, we're not talking about hosting a play in game. We're talking about hosting a play off game. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's important. Looking at this list though, Sacramento made the playoffs. I think they went far in the open cup. Like how much farther than taking San Jose four to, you know, four to three and full time. Yeah. Beating them. But like that, that to me seems like icing on, like that can't be expected for it, for a second division team to beat an MLS team. Uh, an historic MLS team. But haven't we done it like the past like two years? Haven't we beaten No, they lost to LAFC. Oh, but we beat someone to get, we beat Real Salt Lake to get to LAFC. And then didn't we beat Seattle to get to... It was a year there, yeah. uh, To get to someone. We beat Salt Lake. We've beaten... Oh, we went, so we lost to the Galaxy. Yeah. That, That was the year that we lost to the Galaxy. I don't remember who we played before the Galaxy. I want to say it was Salt Lake. I, I think it. I think it was Salt Lake because we beat yeah. them four to one. Because hmm. it was they had like a mixture, a mixed squad of like MLS and then like USL Honors. players. Yeah, 
Well, and again, this is subjective. And I think for me, I, I agree with Nolan. I don't, I think for personally, I don't value the USL Copen, USL Open Cup that much. I, I just grew, don't. I grew in my appreciation for it this year. It it takes you away from the like. To be to be fair, the USL Championship regular season can get rather boring in July, August, September, when like really yeah. you're just trying mm-hmm. to collect points and not get your players completely burned out because it's a very very long season like it is longer than it seems like most leagues go um, and it, it, it feels like the games don't matter as much right when the reality is they they do, they do. Every, every points every are points yeah you know three yep. points at the beginning is three yeah. points at the end so but it, it does add some excitement in the middle of the season and the, yeah. the history it's been around since allegedly like 1907 or something like that and um the fact that i believe it was who are the Flamingos that are the League Two team or the League Forward One team? Madison. Yeah, they went super deep and took out Las Vegas. And, um, yeah. Those stories are always fun to hear. Who won the Open Cup this year, by the way? Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta did? Okay. Atlanta. So they still came away with somewhere. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Who did? Okay, this is off topic. Anyway, um, yeah, my point is I agree in my appreciation for the Open Cup. I think Sacramento does prioritize it because if you look at their starting squad for those games when they played Reno, when they played Fresno, they hardly rotated, if at all. Whereas I think Reno was like they rotated eight players. They played Fresno a was like bunch five. of kids, yeah. Yeah, and so Sacramento took those games seriously, um, and so I think that that reveals that they they prize that that competition. Um, yeah, and I think the game against San Jose so, was so. Cool. Then let's do this. How how many? wins is going far in the open cup well they had because we had two wins and then we lost to an an mls team i think think winning against mls club winning one game against an mls club or at least playing and playing well against an mls club like the same thing could be said for last year i guess they beat the 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 salt lake last year but yeah that game against the um lafc where it 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 was a three two loss but still it was just like a crazy yeah end-to-end game was super super entertaining to, to be a part of um so i i say that the bar is set at playing a mls team not beating them for the open cup or for sacramento's total ambitions for the season for sacramento's ambition for the open cup because it's a separate competition from the usl championship Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So then it's not realistic to say, oh, we're going to win the US. Okay. So then based on what you think Sacramento's, you know, main ambitions are, did they meet them? Yes. So then, and what were the main ambitions again? There was the open cup. Oh yeah. Oh, the overall for the season. Yeah. For the season. Yeah. 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 Um, So this is, this is where I guess I'll bring this up now, but I talked a little bit with these guys earlier before the show about, needing to have a bit of flexibility built into our expectations for the club for a given season in the USL and in the MLS because that is coming. Um, the pl- the nature of the playoff structure is just too chaotic to say we have to win every year. Um, I think that making a deep run is one possible, like that, that's a realistic expectation and one that can be like carried by the manager by the players by the general manager um but i think to say that we need to make the western conference finals or we need to make the usl championship finals or whatever is it, it just is too the competition is too fluky you could be a one seed like phoenix was and then play austin who was what an eight mm-hmm. yeah and then get dumped out and after like a record-breaking season the same thing happened with lafc in the mls this year the same thing happened with Atlanta Gal- or Atlanta United in the in the East in MLS, and so um, and who was the one seed in the East for USL? Um, Somebody who got knocked out here. earlier in the rounds of the of the yeah. competition. So I I think that um, a good regular season run, coupled with a deep run in the playoffs, which is at least winning one game or looking dangerous heading into the playoff run and then just like if you had like when Sacramento was second in the West which they didn't look convincing in that regular season like 
No. I remember when the dust the dust literally settled after that game was played. And we're like, Sacramento second because I think it was they could have been anywhere from like fifth to second. Yeah. Um, and so that just felt crazy. But I feel like it just talked a lot. Yeah. So let me summarize. Uh, a good run of, I think Sacramento was ambitious this season and almost met it, if not met it. Like making a Western Conference semifinal, beating two teams, you know, a play-in game, winning a play-in game and a playoff game, and having a not-so-decent run of form in the in the regular season, plus a relatively deep run in the U.S. Open Cup. I think that that is a a satisfactory season. Yeah, and so for me, like the the thing that is different, even last season and this season compared to seasons past, is building the squad for Major League Soccer. I, I personally, when the season started, looking at the roster, saw how much younger we got, and I just got the feeling like, yeah, they're preparing for yeah. the jump to Major League Soccer. And we had talked about and, that. And if it doesn't happen, then they just go back to the way that they had built rosters in the past anyway. So for me, I don't think you can say, oh, well, we want to be dominant and we want to win the West and we want to go far in the Open Cup and we want to even host a playoff game. But at the same time, we want to prepare for Major League Soccer and develop young talent. Like, it it doesn't work that way. You, you have to prioritize something. If you're at win now, then you make signings to win now. So for me, this season was like, yes, we want to be successful, but we are not necessarily focused on being successful right now. We are setting ourselves up to be successful in a couple years. So we are going to sign younger players, players that we think have potential to develop into Major League Soccer, and we're, we know we're going to give up some wins. We know the fan base is going to be a little bit frustrated, but they're not going to remember that frustration if we get Major League Soccer expansion, which, let's be honest, th- for the majority of fans, that's probably what they feel like. Oh, yeah, you know, it wasn't a great year, but, hey, we're going to be in Major League Soccer. Yeah. So, But is that what we did? I think I think that's exactly what we yeah. did. I think we got rid of a lot of old players. Like, think about it. Who are, who are the old players? We have Deco Keenan, and then we have... Thomas Enavoldson, who came in midway through the season, came yeah. in midway through the season because we weren't performing well. So they said, "Okay, well, this is a boost that we can, that we can get." Okay. And he's the only other player over thirty. Everybody else, well, Shuttleworth, but he's on loan. Yeah. Okay. That okay. was that was like a hey, we have to do this. That, yeah, that was a Cohen left. We didn't yeah. expect that. We need to fill a gap here. Yeah. All right. Okay. Like everybody else is under thirty, and like what Cameron Owasa is what twenty six. I think twenty six. Um. Yeah. everyone's like 23 to 26 like yeah. they're they're kind of in that middle zone of like well they're not young enough to like be picked up by a major league soccer team at this talent level but they're not super old either they're kind of in this gray area where in a couple years if they're playing super well we can sign them to major league soccer and if they're not it's not a big deal they'll continue their career in major league in USA. the championship yeah and, th- and this is that is why I look at Sacramento's ambitions as being, okay, build a squad for MLS, develop young talent, but also host a playoff game, have a top four finish, be dominant in the league. I think that was an ambition that they had as a club. Because yeah. you look at the at the midseason signings, you look at the end of Olsen, you look at the even the Formella, you look at you look at Shuttleworth, you look at these signings and you go, Okay, yeah, they they've put these these players in the squad like Warner, like uh, Scundrich, like all these young players that they've put in, but they also have brought in these veterans. They want to win now. They want to be dominant now. I think their ambitions were top four finish, also develop talent, and I don't think they met that. I'd give them maybe a B in the MLS develop young talent area, and they failed. They did not get a top four finish. Yeah, so like I would say that we can take off winning winning the cup and even winning the west like those two things were like uh, you know what if if it if it just so happens that we found a diamond in the rough yeah we'll we will adjust our expectations so i think we can take those off going far in the open cup i think was maybe actually even more important this year because you were looking to build a squad for major league soccer so i think they were like you know what 
you know, these one or two games against major league soccer teams are actually really important for us to test yeah. where it, our it players are. generates buzz if you're able to right. beat MLS clubs. So I think that was a little bit up there. Right, fair enough. I would go ahead and say that th- that that's kind of like a, a C. Like you played well against San Jose and it was just for a couple of mistakes. That was the difference between being up 4-0 at halftime and being tied 2-2. So we'll, we'll leave that. Um, dominant in the league I'm going to go ahead and say that 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 was again like a secondary thing like hey if we find these you know a diamond in the rough and we can dominate games in this you know in a specific style great if not and we just it's more about development that's cool too I home, disagree home that's, playoff that's game I think where we disagree home playoff game I think was like hey even though we're developing players we still have a squad that should be able to get top four and okay. if you look All at right. the points, we weren't that far off. It's mm-hmm. just a couple of results. So, which I, maybe we talk about some coaching. Hey, stay yeah. tuned. Look for future podcasts. We'll get a little bit more specific. But about if this. you'll notice how I'm talking about all of these, it's all within the context of building for Major League Soccer. Yeah. So I actually think that was number one. I think that's number one too. Everything else was secondary to that. So in that context, I'm going to go ahead and say yes, they hit that expectation, but that affected the other ambitions that they had. And it just so happens that they didn't make many of those. So if you're disagreeing with us, go ahead and let us know on Twitter, on Instagram. You can send us messages, 916 Republic. Yep. We would love to hear your opinion. Um, But let's go ahead and transition gears, guys. Sounds good. We're going to now talk about the end of the season awards, the end of the season superlatives. You may remember uh, about halfway through the season, it was like maybe like a week after after halfway through the season, we did the midseason superlatives and we yeah. we did the we had nine different categories. We had, you know, most likely top goal scorer. Well we don't have to talk about that because we know it's Cameron Awasa, so he won that one. Congratulations, Cam. Mm-hmm. Um and w- I think we all said that. Um and we're only going to do four of the remaining eight yeah. from that list on this show. Shorten we'll up. do the other ones later. Mm. Um, so the four we're going to do on this show are team MVP, most improved, most positively surprising. We needed yes. to clarify that. And then most disappointing. Those are the four. So let's start. Let's just get into it. Team MVP, most valuable player to the team this season. In the midseason, we said it was a tie between Iwasa and Werner. Those are the two that we were predicting to be MVPs at the end of the season, with an honorable mention of Mitchell Tanner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Zach. Yes, sir. Who is your team MVP? Bro, if we're going by most valuable player, it has to be Cameron Iwasa. It just has to be, okay? Sacramento's sweetheart. He was... In a a pretty stagnant offense for most of the year, the only bright spot. Um, and even after we brought on big talent like an Enev Olsen, who found a great run of form, put in amazing amount of goals, um, he was still, I think, the most valuable player on the pitch, and and I would assume in the locker room as well uh, for this club. Yeah, the captain. I think it's it's hard to argue with um, looking up his goals and assists now just to get the uh, the correct numbers, but I think it was 16 goals and 6 assists. Does that sound right? That sounds about that right. Sounds right. Or like 15 or 13 goals. He well, had, he had 16 in 30 matches played, 30 appearances. Okay. He had 16 goals and 6 assists. Four of the goals were penalties. Okay. Yeah. It, it, for me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Okay. And... Nolan, yeah, I, Nolan. I have to go with Thomas Enevolson. Um, at the time that we did the mid-season rankings, Enevolson was an Indy Eleven player. Yep. And at the end of the season, he was a Sacramento Republic FC legend. No, legend. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just, I shudder. <laughs> when I think about where Sacramento could have been had they not 
had Evan Bolson's gold production at the end of his year. Like, I, I don't know if we would have been talking about, you know, in <laughs> a playoff, a playoff, a playoff situation, game you know, like it was bleak. They could not score. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, and Evolson brought goals. He brought, like we talked about, influence off the field or on the field. But the way that he directed that attack, um, it just produced so much more than, than we were seeing earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, I, I think in the last, like, I think eight games, including playoffs, he scored or assisted in six of them. Yeah. The only two that he didn't were the 3-0 loss to the Monarchs and the 3-0, or, yeah, was it 3-0? Two. To El Paso. I've blocked that game out of my memory. Uh, Did yeah. we score at the end? No. No, we didn't. 3-0. It was 3-0. Yeah. To, to El Paso. So, yeah. Gotta be him. But, and honestly, on the flip side, imagine if – and if Olsen came in the off season, mm-hmm. and we had him through the preseason, and he was with us the whole year, imagine what that could have looked so, like. So, so this season, with having a a down first half of the season yeah. with Indy Eleven, he had in five 30, coming in. I think in thirty two matches, he scored thirteen goals and six assists. Yeah. So, and I think if he came, he came at the very end of July, beginning of August, something yeah. like that. I think right, Nolan. Yeah. So, I think I think I remember counting. He played like. 12 or i think 12 games yeah 12 regular season games and i think he had like he was like eight goals and six assists yeah and that and those like, six assists that's too, crazy i think he came in with two assists i want to say i don't think he came in with any oh, oh dang that's see that's huge yeah no and it and and nolan's touched on it before he managed he came in halfway through the season and managed the play in the final third yeah, I managed just, it. Yeah, like I, I don't think we posted our interview with Anna Volson after the New Mexico. No, because we didn't have the whole segment of yeah. it. But he he said something about like talking about elevation because they were going on to play Reno, playing at at altitude, and he was like, "When I was playing in Johannesburg in the World Cup," and I'm just like, "Enough said." Like the guy <laughs> walks into the right. room and says, "When I played in the World Cup, like okay, you're listening. I'm listening to now. what you have to say. And I'm going to do. What <laughs> you're you taking to do. notes. You know what I mean? Like you just cannot write off that." that yeah wisdom that he has to give you absolutely yeah well that's a good one mine i I just wanted to be a bit different and i didn't want to pick a forward so i picked on my villarreal wow okay um tell us why scott well so halfway through the season we had him as the most surprising player yeah which is a we'll talk about that in a second who Uh actually gets that award and i i was just thinking like okay well it's not a goalie because shuttleworth was only here you know, half the year Diaz got a couple starts. So it's not, okay. It's not a goalie. I don't think a defender really staked their claim as like being a dominant defender. Mm. Maybe McCrary, maybe Tainer. Um, but I was like, no, it's not any, no, not any of them. So then I thought, okay, well midfield, who's in the midfield? Well, I don't think Skundrick. I don't think I just was kind of going through the list and I was like, well, you know, who's actually been super consistent this whole year is Jaime Villarreal. And we've seen games where, sometimes the the offense will go through him yeah. and yeah. It, it's looked amazing. And we've also seen games where he's had to be a true play breaker at number six and just break up counterattacks and just get balls off of people. We saw him do it against El Paso yeah. that he, when it came down to it was able to get the ball off of their midfielders feet and maintain possession for Sacramento. And I was just like, man, like, if he, if he isn't in the lineup for Sacramento, and it's just an average USL midfielder, I don't think we are as successful this year as in, in years past. So, as much as I wanted to pick Cameron Owasa or Thomas Enavolton, even though he was only here half the year, I kind of said, no, I can't pick Thomas Enavolton because he's only here for a portion. I. I don't think we score those goals if a player like Jaime, if Jaime Villarreal specifically doesn't move the ball down the field and create those opportunities. It's not like he had a ton of assists. He only had uh, one or two goals. But I just thought that his his ball movement and his defensive play was essential to Sacramento this year. And it, Yeah, I remember you guys both putting him on multiple – list during the mid-season superlatives and i was like 
I mean, does he even start? And then I like <laughs> I looked at the stats, and he had started almost every regular season game that year. And I like because it is a two man midfield, and they are given the task of shuttle the ball from the defense to the attacking four and break up play on counterattacks. You don't notice them as much watching the games, especially on TV. Um, but mm. it's true that he. I, I watched him more closely after you guys had had mentioned that, and um, he he was a a key part of, of this team. So, and and to further that point, Villarreal had to step in and fill the shoes of Jeremy Hall. Yeah, who Jeremy was great Hall last was our years. six last couple years. Amazing, amazing six i i remember watching him and play would when the ball came to his feet play would almost slow down he he could single-handedly slow down the game for everyone else he was an amazing six for us and a great distributor and to fill those shoes i think for us to be talking about him for you to bring him up in in the mvp conversation i think is huge um for him as a player and and very encouraging for us moving forward because he's a young guy yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, most improved player of the year at the midseason, we said it was Mitchell Tainer with an honorable mention to Jaime Villarreal. Mm-hmm. So, again, kind of seeing a Jaime Villarreal theme here. Uh, Nolan, let's start with you. Who is your most improved player most, of the season? My most improved is Kevin Aliman. I remember watching him at the beginning of the season and just really wondering why he was given such a forward role on that right wing. Um, but like now looking back at the New Mexico playoff game where he scored, you know, a a pretty amazing goal and, um, looking at his ability to, to pick his head up and look for an end of Olsen running into the box or, you know, a Kamawasa, um, being able to play with his teammates a little bit more as the season progressed, I didn't want to see him not start on the wing. Um, even though there were good options with, uh, you know, even my brain just died. Bijev. Bijev, other winger from Poland. Formella. Formella can come on and play on the wing, um, but I just felt felt better with Aliman. Like he was he was the guy, and so for me, he's the most improved. For sure, fair enough. Um, I think for me, it, this was tough for me because uh, we talked a little bit about Enavolson. Enavolson, when he came in, was in a bad run of form and came here and exploded. And so I think when you're looking at most improved, and Volson is a great candidate. But again, kind of to your guys' point, what we touched on with Villarreal is these number sixes, they don't get a lot of love, but they do a lot for us. And I think when we're talking most improved, we have to be talking about Skundrich. Mm-hmm. He was a player that is a young guy, came in and struggled early on in the season and and it was hard for him to stay in the starting lineup. And when we came through the second half of the season, he established himself as a starter and, and still has had some inconsistencies. But I think when we're looking at most improved as, as far as like over the course of the whole season, um, I got to give some love to my man Skundrich. Yeah. And I think these are both really good shouts, especially if you're thinking of like a comeback player, like Aliman last year was hurt for a majority of the year had a few goals uh, late in the year and then came in this year and we were kind of expecting him to to start and be this, you know, dynamic, dribbly player like we saw in spurts last year. And he, it, it just took him the first half to really figure it out how to play maybe in, in Simon Elliott's system. I'm not sure. But he came with a lot of, um, I, I guess, a good pedigree coming from Saprisa in Costa Rica. And we just kind of a side note, we've had some good success with players from Costa Rica now with Aliman mm-hmm. and Juan Barahona. He's um, but he was, I think he was playing in, in Costa Rica. Yeah, mm, actually, Santa he, Tecla, I think, yeah, I think no, Santa Tecla is El Salvador. Sorry. Just, just Central American yeah. player. We had some pretty good success with them um, in this kind of the, why am I blinking on the general manager's name? Todd Donovan era. Donovan. The Todd Donovan era. Um, so those are both, both very good shouts. I'm just going to go ahead and say my most improved player is Sam Warner. Because if you look at last season, he wasn't playing. Nope. He was in Israel on a team. I don't know what the team was, but I'll, he wasn't playing. And to come into this year, and I, I don't think the the club expected him to have the impact that he did. I think they wanted the wingers to be Bijev and Kevin Aliman. Hmm. 
because um, we noticed that Sam Werner wasn't he didn't start that first game. He came on as a sub and had the assist for the game tying goal against the Monarchs, but it, it it almost felt like it took him a couple games to show like, hey, I'm a pretty good player, yeah. and he had that that stretch in the first half of the season where he was dominant, absolutely yeah. dominant, yeah. and that that's why we had him listed as a potential MVP candidate. It was because like, dude, if he keeps this up, he's gonna have like a 12 goal, 12 assist type of season, yeah, two footed. Um, very fast guy. fundamentally yeah. sound, and just has that it factor. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just he just shines. Yeah, and he faded off in the second half of the season, but I think if you compare to what he was doing last season, which was nothing, this was a good step. And I think he oh, kind of yeah. came alive in the playoffs too. Yeah, he, he had the assist in the the second goal for for New Mexico. So yeah, I almost for the New Mexico it, game, yeah. he's almost still kind of developing who he is as a player. Like who, just his style of play. I think he's he's just young. He's you 20, know? 23 years old. He played, I think, all four years at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Went to West Israel, Cambridge. didn't do anything. In 32 appearances, has six goals and four assists. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, it, I think that's good. I think if he gets a full season of starting, that's big. If he's starting a full season with Awasa and Anna Voltson and even Aliman on the other side. That would be great. I think he's, he th- those numbers are going to go up next year. If he gets, see, if he's a full time starter, to see that and Formella coming off the bench, I'd be super, super pumped about that. He only had twenty two hundred minutes, and like he only started twenty five games of the of thirty four, and he only appeared in thirty two. So, anyway, that's my mention. We're gonna move through these next two a little bit faster. Uh, Zach, we're gonna go to go to you in a second with the most positively surprising player in the midseason. We have Jaime Villarreal with an honorable mention of Sam Warner. Zach, what is your most surprising player? Uh, we've talked about him already, Jaime Villarreal. I think somebody who maybe should have been just... Nolan's pick because of how, how he surprised he was. Because hmm? oh, you surprised. were surprised but about you, about Villarreal was already taken though. Yeah, I know. Oh really? Yeah, um, yeah and, and these two categories kind of blend a little bit. But I think for me, what was most surprise the most surprising player, somebody who I, I didn't expect to be as good as they were, was Jaime Villarreal. I didn't expect it. I definitely came into this season going, ah, oh, man, we're losing Jeremy Hall. Like, I wonder who's going to fill those shoes. I wonder that, what that's going to do formation-wise. Like, are we even going to have – you know what I mean? Like, those questions. Um, and he stepped into that role and was very surprisingly good for me. Um, so, yeah. It's like a breakout, like a fantasy football. Like, oh, he's, he broke breakout out this. Player. This, to me, Absolutely. was like his breakout year. That, I totally agree. I, I can't argue with that one. All right, Nolan, let's go to your pick. So – no, I know we good. said we were going to fly through this section, <laughs> but I need to take a little bit of time to justify this answer. Go for it. My most positively surprising player for Sacramento this year is Matt Mahoney. <gasps> so, mm. gasp. Matt Mahoney like came in from Bethlehem Steel where he had not played a whole lot, came to Sacramento, and was surprisingly good. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying he was season defining i'm not saying that it's because of matt mahoney that that we did what we did i'm saying that he surprised me as a player he had 14 starts so he started half the games of the regular season and he played as at as a left-sided center back a right-sided center back a right-sided fullback and a left-sided fullback so he played literally the every single position he's versatile i'll get yeah he's versatile versatile. and the, the times that you oh he made bonehead mistakes the times that he's played bonehead mistake that he's made bonehead mistakes is when he's been playing at center back he's not naturally a central defender he's a smaller more diminutive quicker fullback and so i think it's impressive that he was able to come in and, and provide cover at center back which to be honest outside of our we felt it never felt like we had a solid partnership at center back it was always nah. Tainer and Keenan, and the other Tainer guy. and Hanson Poulos, and Tainer and Mahoney at some points. Yeah. Or when Tainer was a suspended or injured, it was Tainer, it was Mahoney and Hanson Poulos, or or and then Hanson Poulos and Keenan happened a couple of times. But like, yeah, it was it was it was bad. It was that, bad that was a downside back, which of the season. Has been a problem for Sacramento, I feel like, for a while with center backs. Yeah, but anyway, it's been tough to pair. And I then even with what was it Chris Johnson or Chris Christian? Chris, Chris Christian. Christian was great. I loved. He Chris was Christian. great, but like. I don't remember we ever being able to pair him with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then when you think about fullbacks, like 
literally Shannon Gomez, Jordan McCrary, and Juan Barahona. I feel like we are Sacramento are, are almost they're one of their strongest positions is at fullback. Like with those three plus Mahoney, four guys that you have at your disposal to play in that position. Like I think it's impressive that Mahoney played that much and was that versatile. Yeah, that's okay. why he was surprised. Yeah, I, so the reason I, I I was disagreeing with Nolan before the show when we were talking about this. He's just made too many mistakes to me to be positively surprising. Hmm. He's been, eh. Like, there's definitely upside there that if you can, you know, get those kinks out of his game, yeah, he could maybe develop into something. I think his versatility is his best quality. Mm -hmm. I think his versatility will get him contracts wherever he goes to play. But I don't think that he's the full package right now mm-hmm. i do think that he's probably a guy we'll bring back because he has upside yeah um all right well let's just let's go to mine mine's jordan mccrary yeah i don't think we expected anything of jordan mccrary yeah this this year because we knew that elliot horde was coming back we thought hey maybe elliot horde gets the starting job we knew that um i i, I think i assumed yeah we, we also knew that shannon gomez was was here and we yep. knew that he could play both sides and we like shannon gomez oh, yeah as a as a fullback he's yeah. a little small which has been a problem a couple times but that's okay um and then we also knew that mahoney could could play fullback so we were like okay you know what between those three guys they'll figure out the fullback position and then jordan mccrary signed and we were like oh well, maybe he's a backup yeah and then yeah, honestly yeah <laughs> and then a couple games into the season juan barahona signed and we were like okay What's Lots what's happening? Backs. What's happening here? Because we hadn't seen really anything from Elliot Horde. It was all Jordan McCrary. Elliot Horde, I think, like the fourth game of the season, maybe did get the start. I remember as a winger. Yeah, against like Oklahoma City. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. yeah. Um. But through the season, watching McCrary, he was another guy that got better as the season went on, both defensively and going forward. He had a there's a two, like a two or three game stretch where he had an assist in each game. So Jordan McCrary is my positively surprising player of the season. Let's round this out with the most disappointing player of the season. Nolan, let's start with you with your most disappointing player of the season. Just to remind everyone, the midseason uh, nominee was Stefano Bonomo with a honorable mention of Villian Bijev. So Nolan, with that in mind, who is your season most appointing player so i took this question to be what play what am i most i'm not disappointed in this player i'm disappointed with how this player was managed Mm, yeah because i saw what you wrote down and i was like okay that's really interesting because i everyone knows on the show that hayden partain is your man is my guy like (laughs) i love hayden partain he's a great player and he didn't get a lot of chances this season and when he did he played very well. I think there was one game like like 75% of the way through the season where he just uh, it was kind of flat. Um, yeah. But after that, it was like no, like nothing. I think it was like two games in a row that he was flat. Yeah. And then he got pulled for Skundrick. Yeah. And it the yeah, season Skundrick finished started. out with yeah. um, Anna Volton at the 10 and then the two of them behind him. Yeah, yeah but... I mean, he, he scored that game winner against Portland at home. He just adds a bit of, of bite to that midfield that I th- I think that I missed because I love Villarreal. I don't think he has that, that I don't know how to describe it, that bite, that ability to just get forward in attacking situations, make differences in games. Like I don't think he games. covers as much ground, which is why I think he Our paired team. well. No, no, no. Villarreal. Villarreal yeah. Which is why I think he paired well with Skundrick because all Skundrick does is cover ground. I'm not saying a marathon. I'm not. So I'm talking more vertically laterally. I think Jaime Villarreal covers ground pretty well. Sideline to sideline, but getting forward, he, he hasn't done as well. Yeah. But I think that's what Partain does well. So you think, Oh, this should be perfect. Yeah. But for some reason it just didn't work. Didn't come together. So that's why I'm disappointed in that. Well, that sucks. Zach, let's go to yours. Oh, I'll make this quick. Deco Keenan. Um, I'm still mad at what he did in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, uh, you bring on a veteran player like this, you expect him not to make boneheaded decisions like he has in multiple times, multiple games this year. I 
it don't I don't really know. I, what I, else it to baffles say. me. The, the, I, I, like, uh, yeah. Between him and sorry Nolan Mahoney, like yeah. there was there was a lot of errors at center back this year between so those many. two yeah. players. And then it's just so stupid. Just I it's just such like I think Mahoney can be forgiven. That's he's, that's he's what young. I was that's what I was just about to say. Like the difference between a twenty four year old and a thirty four yeah. year old making the same mistakes is completely different. You can teach the twenty four year old yeah. who's only been a professional for now two years. Yeah. The thirty four year old is just he's a set in his ways. The reason the sole reason you bring in a thirty four year old is well, this is a man is a veteran, we at least know what we're getting, right? Yeah. We should be getting some consistent, yep. solid play. That he did not do. Yeah, and we talked about that in the review of the El Paso game. So oh, yeah. we don't huge need to talk about this anymore. Huge Scott, disappointment. Let's not talk about Deco King. It just triggers me. All right. So that's my disappointing player. Scott, who is your disappointing player? My disappointing player is actually the midseason nominee. It is Stefano Bonomo. I think this guy was brought in to be the number two goal scoring threat. He was brought in to both spell Cameron Awasa, allow Cameron Awasa to play the number 10 role that yeah. Thomas Enavoltson eventually played and was amazing at. And he didn't, he, he couldn't finish. He did fin- He did have goals. He did have some assists. He did set up some penalties. He just has struggled but it just wasn't so there. much. Just and the it, final, the his finishing just wasn't there. If yeah. he could finish, and that's this I think guy what, would be in Major League Soccer if he could finish. That's I, what I truly was most that. disappointing. Because mm-hmm. every there was so many other great elements to his game, and he just couldn't finish. Yep. Well, let's round out this podcast, boys, with a little game. All right, it's a little game. It's a I ranking. Like, it's a ranking, Zach. It's a game, Nolan. Okay. <laughs> it's a it's a game of ranking. It's yeah. a game of rankings. It's a game that I like to call kiss one, kick one, and marry one. We're I back know. in junior high. We yeah. are going the three three of us here at the nine one six Republic are going to decide three players. One, who we would kiss, who we would kick, and who we would marry. Yeah, we're not so the the original game is kiss, kiss kill, marry. kill and we're not going to kill anyone. No, right? but we are going to kick him. Yeah, we're going to kick him hard in the neck. And Keenan, I'm kicking you. <laughs> I'm kicking Keenan. All right, I'm kicking Keenan. I'm kissing Warner. All right, mm. he's young. You know what? We're not going there. Okay. I'm kissing Warner. <laughs> I'm like, where are we going with this? <laughs> he's young. <laughs> what? Uh, and I'm going to marry Sacramento's sweetheart. I'm marrying Cameron Awasa. Uh, so I'm kissing Warner, I'm kicking Keenan, and I am marrying Cameron Awasa. Yeah, so so just to clarify, the, the kiss is like a player that we're just like, oh, man, I just It's like one of those kisses where you grab the, both sides of their head and you kiss them on the yeah. forehead. Like yeah. like a like I don't know, like like say you have a, a best friend that just got married and you're like, I'm proud of you, buddy. Yeah. You know, you're like, I just That's lo- the I just kiss love we're you. talking like, about here. You know, and then yeah. the Mary is like, I never want you to leave. Please, yeah, I, like yeah. my life is not whole if you depart. Yes, exactly. And then the kick is like just get out, just kicking them out of the door. Yeah, like you would kick a a stray squirrel out of your sleeping sack. Ha! <laughs> ah, get out of here! Yeah, get out of here! That's what the kick is. So okay, so we have Zach's. He do, he clearly does not like Keenan. I do not. He he, he and Warner like are best besties, and he wants Cameron Awasa to stay forever. Yes, stay no forever. one. Let's go to you. Well. I, I had a bit of a different interpretation of this ranking. <laughs> Why don't you just say it? So my I I am kicking the heck out of Sam Warner Ooh. because <laughs> I think that I could wind up and have like an eighty yard run up and just wail on this dude <laughs> and he would like barely feel anything <laughs> he is he is like a tank he is a if you unit. look at this man his calves and his like just lower body is so thick <laughs> and like oh he could God. be a running back like that's yeah, he how could, for sure. strong this man is so like i want to kick him because he i know it would nothing no it would not hurt him at all and he would just like kind of look at me and be like okay yeah. that's like that's a good explanation yeah, keep going that's why i would kick warner i am kissing mitchell tainter oh because he's tall he's, <laughs> he's dark and he's handsome it's great he's got line. cool tattoos cool yeah. and he tapes his wrist which i think is cool and he had the same haircut all season which i thought was also cool okay. yeah it was a cool okay. haircut anyway he rocked it and now my <laughs> the person i choose to marry please explain this is i'm maybe an unpopular choice <laughs> but there's a reason I am going to marry Deco Keenan. Ah. Because mm. 
I think he's he's coming up on his like hundred and third birthday, and he's played like what eighty five years of professional soccer. So he's, so he's about to keel over. Saved up quite a bit. I mean, he played for Crystal Palace, so like I mean, they don't just pay you peanuts. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure like he didn't live off. He's it. got a nice little nest egg he's, there. He's got some stuff going. So you're he's you're a good old fashioned gold digger. Gold digger. And uh, so I figure. Oh my he, God. You know, Mary Deckel Keenan. That's a great explanation. He'll, he'll drag someone down and fall down on the grass and break his hip, and he'll pass away within the next six months, and I'll be rich. <laughs> and so that's why I'm going to marry him. That is morbid, but wow. also kind of smart. That's yeah. brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? Mary, Scott, would you like to round out Mary this yeah, okay, game so, for us? So this is what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, right, just explain. I also had a slightly different interpretation <laughs> that's okay. of the rules of this game. Yeah. I am kissing, not a player, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Simon Elliott. You uh, know what I'm kissing him? I'm kissing him goodbye. No! no, no He's out of here just no. blowing it. Bye. Cold. Yeah. Bye, baby. Dark and cold. Do you know who, who I want to marry, though? Who is that? I'm marrying Hayden Partain to make uh, Nolan jealous. Don't do it. Purely <laughs> for the, sole for the so fun cool. Of it, <laughs> I will. You don't take even him. care about him. You don't even care about him as a person. I will take many shirtless <laughs> selfies. He, have you seen him? He, he's a, he's awesome. He's, he's awesome. He's such a fun guy. Yeah, he is. He does seem like a fun guy. And I just, he is newly married. I he am newly, newly married. married. We have, we have so much in you common. Have so much in we common. could be brother husbands. <laughs> yeah. He also. I has... want to marry Hate Partain. All right, fair wow. enough. Scott, give us. But the, my the last, last one, one, the kick. I am kicking. <sighs> <laughs> I'm kicking Josh Cohen because he left. Because he left us. That you left us. Necessary. You don't get to come back. I'm kicking you square in the nuts. Stay in Israel. Unless you'd like to come back and play for us, which um, I would welcome you back in my arms, and you would become my Mary and Kiss. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And with that being said, I believe the podcast is over. Scott, could I do the honors today? Would you like to? I would like to. Okay. I love this game. Shake it up a little bit. We're just going to ignore it from now on. Yeah. We're just gonna it. I'm All just right. going to unplug the mic. <laughs> no. Just like right when he reaches yep. over. Nope. Yep. With ears. all of that great content we've given you, we've given you a lot to listen to today. Yeah. A lot of wrong facts. As always, boys, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento.